Settle yourself into your posture. And as you do so, look for two elements, comfort and stability. And both should equal the fact that you are not consciously holding on to the posture. You're not consciously keeping the posture. You place your legs in such a way that it is comfortable, in such a way that you don't have to consciously hold your legs in, in, in place. Do the same with the hands. Make sure the elbows are not too far nor too close to the body. That you're not holding your shoulders up, that they are even, and you're not pressing them down. That your back is naturally straight. Not forced. Both comfortable and stable. That your head and neck are centered and you're not consciously holding your head and neck in place. Eyes either opened, closed, or half-opened, having chosen the one that you find conducive for you. Mouth, teeth, tongue, resting in their natural places. Teeth not clenched, jaws not too loose. just doing that you should sense of sense of calmness sense of ease in the posture and let your mind rest in that sense of ease that sense of calmness like resting your head on a pillow and without any fanfare without any other thought without any other intention just bring your awareness to your breath don't try to force the mind to focus that's another kind of intention don't chase away distractions if you meet any that's just another intention have your intention be only on being aware of the breath following the breath the cycles of exhalations and inhalations. And keep your awareness in a continuous flow, counting 21 cycles. And if your continuity of awareness is broken, don't worry about it, don't get yourself frustrated just gently bring your attention back to beginning to the beginning
start to count again from one. And as you do so, every once in a while, if you notice any tension in your body, in your posture, just let it go. Perhaps now in the breath itself you feel a deeper sense of calmness, a deeper sense of ease. Let the mind rest in that sense of ease found in the breath. The same way as resting as if resting your head on a pillow. And try to maintain this sense of ease, this sense of calmness. And try to go to an even deeper sense of focus, deeper sense of calmness. Now bring your attention to your motivation. Bring your motivation to the surface of your mind. 
What is your ultimate reason for meditating? And what is the temporary result you're seeking that will help you get closer to your ultimate goal? Having your motivation as clear as you can. Now bring your attention to the point between your eyebrows. Focus on a very bright image, bright form at that level about a prostration's distance from you. That form is your teacher, your guide, a form taken by the very goal that you seek to achieve appearing to guide you to achieve it. Have faith in yourself that you have the abilities, you have all the necessary provisions to achieve your goal. And with that faith, Take refuge and trust yourself in the goal you seek, the method, and the companions along the way. Find that measure of conviction that you are indeed in the presence of your guide, that you are indeed in the presence of the embodiment of the ultimate goal that you seek. And all the means from this very moment up until the very last moment to achieve your goal are right in front of you. 
embodied in that glorious form shining before you. Having found that measure of faith, conviction, hold on to it. And with it, show your reverence in your mind, prostrate. Filled with gratitude, now make offerings. Think of the things that you own that makes you happy and offer them. Think of the things that no one owns that you find beautiful and offer them. Bring to mind those things that are only in your imagination and offer them. Think of those habits, the vices, due to some distorted understanding. We find pleasure in, the, in them, knowing that they only keep us away from our ultimate goal. Offer them also. Still holding on to that whatever measure of conviction you have. Now purify your mind. Admit your faults, the actions committed under the influence. Entrust yourself in your ultimate goal, the three jewels. Entrust yourself in them that you may have, may gain the strength to restrain yourself from behaving in that very way that only obstructs you from achieving your goal.
Now strengthen your ability to engage in the causes that truly bring you the goal you want. Rejoice in goodness, your own and others that you've seen, heard of, or read about. From the goodness that occurs only as a fraction of a thought to the goodness that overcomes an entire being's lifetime, which results ultimately to Buddhahood. Think about your meditation and beg the teacher to teach you, help you get to the next step, teach you what you need to know, what is it that you are doing you need to stop doing, what is it that you have not taken up that you need to take up, beg the teacher to teach. Beg the teacher to stay. 
make the meditation that you are about to do as clear as you can and dedicate the merits of the preliminaries to help you succeed in your meditation. Focus on the goal you seek. Aspire to it. Aspire to get closer to it. With that degree of faith and conviction you have that its embodiment is right in front of you. Ask the teacher to come to the crown of your head with the hope that by doing this you will be closer to your goal. Focusing on the right image of the teacher facing the same direction as you are above your head. Continue your aspiration. Make it as strong as you can. Wishing and willing to be free of whatever it is that obstructs you. Wishing and willing to have whatever quality you need to get it. And as you do so, sense and see a stream of nectar descending from the teacher's heart, blessing you, cleansing you of your obstacles, and granting you all that you need to achieve your goal. Granting you even the goal itself.
Bring your attention back to your breath and slowly become aware of your body once more. Okay, make yourself at ease, make yourself comfortable. Yeah, I'd like to bring another talk about something. Uh, in the path, especially when you're reading about uh, along the topics of Vinaya, uh, discipline. Uh, desire is like a, a demon, something that you must avoid, something you must stay away from. And when you get to the uh, more powerful practices, you know, so-called, you're, you're told to be, become very good friend of desire. So, why this seeming contradiction? In one aspect of the, of the path, you're asked to avoid desire. Stay away from it. It's your worst enemy. And another aspect, supposedly more uh, advanced, you're told, grab desire, make it your best friend. So why? Are they trying to make us run around like chickens? <laughs> trying to confuse us? Or is the Buddha another... What's that word? Charlatan. Charlatan or charlatan? The first one? The second one? What did I say? What did I say? The second one? Charlatan? Charlatan. <laughs> Not charlatan. <laughs> Not the exception right, in the English language. <laughs> uh, so, I don't think the Buddha would dare m- make any uh, contradictory statements, give any contradictory teachings. Why? Because he was a very big, uh, he was very big at criticizing teachers who were outwardly contradictory, who were uh, charlatans. (laughs) And you would read many sutras where the Buddha is uh, denouncing so and so's teaching because, and he would lay out what's contradictory about the teaching. And he would, uh, especially those who lay claim to having achieved certain things, certain uh, abilities, and then, and he would either, well, I'm not sure if he would actually, I'm not sure if the Buddha actually ever challenged anyone, but when they felt threatened and they thought that the Buddha was just another, you know, another, what's, it called, what's that term called? In the New Age movement, you know, those, those uh, fake gurus, what do they call that? No, another fake guru in the market you know, another scam artist. You know, just another scam artist trying to gather some people around him so he can get free food and free lodgings. Uh, so they would challenge the Buddha. And of course the Buddha 
would, ref- would uh, not accept the challenge at, at first. And then f- when they wouldn't leave him alone, the Buddha would finally accept the challenge and the Buddha would you know, blow, him, blow, blow them away. I don't mean no, kill them, I mean <laughs> with debating and uh, show of uh, miraculous power, things like that. <laughs> you blow them away. <laughs> so, I, I remember there was one, there's one story, one charlatan who actually achieved some miraculous powers and thought that he was like the best, uh, he was like the most enlightened being on the planet at the time and he, and he uh, was very jealous of the Buddha because why, why are the people why is he having all these followers? Why aren't they following me instead? So you, you challenge the Buddha, and the Buddha, Buddha warned him, don't challenge me. <laughs> it's not good for you. <laughs> it's not good for your health. <laughs> don't challenge the Tathagata. <laughs> and of course he kept saying, ah, he's bluffing, he's always only saying that's because he has no power, and he's, that's fake humility and all that kind of stuff. And he kept challenging the Buddha, challenging the Buddha. And the Buddha said, okay, you piss, pick the time and place, and I will be there. But I warn you, because I am a true Tathagata, you will not, on that day, you will not even be able to get off from your seat to come, to come to the place. And guess what happened on that day? He couldn't move. <laughs> not the Buddha. The Buddha went there to the park, and then the, uh, the challenger couldn't move from his seat. And all his friends came about and said, what's the matter with you? Why aren't you over there? He said, I can't move. <laughs> and they say, ah, you're, you're chicken. You know, there is a lot of words like that, some more flowery than what I'm saying. <laughs> and, then, uh, and, then, and then the Buddha said, if he wants to move, he has to take back his words. Because you're not, uh, you ki- when a Tathagata appears in the world, la, 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 like me, now that's called making the lions roar. And only a Buddha can make a lion's roar. Only a Buddha can come up and can go around and say, I am a Buddha. Because who, who can challenge him? And if you challenge him, he'll prove it to you. Okay? That's making the lion's roar. Uh, so, long story short, he took back his words and uh, he was able to come and then Buddha converted him and then all the people who came to watch the display watch the magic show, watch the, the competition, the, the Buddha taught them and took the opportunity, da, 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 da. they all became Buddha. <laughs> they all got on the path. Why am I telling this? Desire. Okay? The Buddha, in, in one part of his teaching, he says, stay away from that. Another part of his teaching, he says, grab it, that's your best friend. Now, remember the definition of Bodhicitta. Remember, we haven't, still haven't left that behind. What's the, in the definition of bodhicitta, there's the word desire in there. Right? So, because of that, because of the, the, the seeming contradiction between some of the, what the Buddha said, you know, he said, get away from desire, and now, even there, he's saying, grab desire. So, there's some, there's some, some, people, uh, there's some people debate about whether bodhicitta is really as ideal as it's supposed to be because it's, you know, it's stuck with desire. So, where am, I, where am I trying to get to? This is what I'm trying to get to. When you take your own evolution in, in your own hands, and you're no longer allowing the, the winds of uh, opportunity, the winds of uh, happens, stance, happens, happens, stance, 
I'm trying to use a big word now. It's my say <laughs> happenstance, right? Well, don't let don't let that uh, uh, decide guide you as to how your evolution to, should proceed. So when you take your own evolution into your own hand, what the key to make it to make it successful, the key to make it to make yourself see. Uh, changes actually manifesting in your life as you see your own evolution taking place is desire the key is desire and how is the key how is desire the key well when you're told to stay away from desire you're actually asked to disguise desire and when you're asked to take desire into your, into uh, make it your best friend, is because by that time it's sort of your advance, so you can say, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> when the energy you're using to 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 uh, destroy desire, your energy you're using to stay away from desire is actually desire. Okay. So what am I trying to tell you? Let me put it in this way: if you don't have a sense of healthy I'll, I'll put the word healthy in front of it because I don't want you to go home tonight and be confused if you have a sense of healthy obsession about the path you are not someone who can say I am taking my evolution into my own hands you must make your ability to make desire must be a power in your hands okay because that's what desire is you are asked to stay away from desire in the beginning because that's what got you into trouble in the first place. So, since desire is what getting you into trouble, say stay away from that. Okay, that's powerful. And later on, you discover how anything that manifests in my life, what is the one key that makes them happen? Desire. And now, now you're a bit older, a bit mature on the path. Now you can take desire and not uh, be uh, thrown about by it, but actually control it. Okay? And you must take that into your meditation. Okay? Whether you take it, whether you take it from the beginning of understanding, stay away from desire, which is really <laughs> strengthening a way of strengthening your desire, without making you get attached, without making you uh, be connected to that aspect of it that really gets you into trouble. Okay? So, what is, okay, just to clarify a little something, what is renunciation? Renunciation is supposed to be the enemy of desire, right? The opposite of, the opposite of desire is renunciation. Now, <laughs> define renunciation. What is renunciation? Okay. <laughs> An intense desire <laughs> to get out of here. Right? So, I'm, how do you say, I'm justified in what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> so, instead of having to, instead of having to uh, run around like a, like a chicken, staying away from something, and then later on finding, and finding out that it's not really working, because the very power base you need to help you get out, you're, that's what you're staying away from. So, from now, from this very beginning, grab it. But, what will help you n not make it into a source of problem for you is to clarify, make clear, make, 
make uh, as pure as possible the objective. What is it that you are seeking to achieve ultimately? Let that be as clear as you can. Okay? And, and I mentioned something about uh, in, the, in the preliminaries about one of the offerings to make is your vice. Now why, is it dif- why do we have vices in the first place? It's not because we think that, oh, this is a vice, it's going to get me into trouble, let me grab it. We think of the, the exact opposite, and that's why we, are, we, are, we, are, we hold on to it. And the reason that they become difficult to get rid of is because some element of, some element of our being, within our being, is still convinced that this is the means to achieve a certain desire. This is the means to achieve a certain goal. And you cannot deny, like for example, let's say... Laziness is one of your vices. Why is it difficult to get rid of, of it? Because you gain something positive from it. It seems. Right? Uh, instead of sitting down and meditating, sitting down and doing nothing feels pleasurable. So why should I give up that pleasure for something where, which all I'm doing is struggling? So if you don't see a, a pleasure at the end of meditation clearly then it will be difficult for you to get rid of that laziness because already you convince yourself that you have some pleasure in it okay and for those of us who, who have uh, laziness as, a, as our demon you have sometimes completely no energy to meditate I mean completely no energy to meditate just the thought of meditation makes you sleepy. And then someone comes and says, let's do something. Something totally unrelated to meditation, like something where you just lay down, lay down and do nothing. You know, let's go watch this. It's a wonderful movie out. We were waiting for it all along. Let's go watch it. All of a sudden you have all the energy. <laughs> Why? Because you know from experience that there is pleasure in that, in that activity. You cannot deny that there is pleasure in an activity. So you find the energy to pursue it. You're not convinced yet that there is the pleasure you seek or the happiness you seek in meditation is really there. So far, it's just, it's like you're a little kid and you go to church because your parents tell you to go to church. Okay? You're right now, we are immature on the path. We, don't have, we haven't tasted, we haven't tasted much in meditation for us to gain the conviction that we need so that meditation becomes an obsession. Okay. So because of that, when you think of meditation and you're a little bit tired and then your laziness you know, uh, blows up this sense of, 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 of uh, fatigue into, oh, you're exhausted, you worked all day, come on, give yourself a break, have some fun. Have some, uh, you know, you do pick it up tomorrow. I mean, you're a good person. You want to meditate even though you're tired. But, you know, sentient beings will be around for another you know, total number of years. <laughs> they, they, they need to give you a break at least for one day, for one night, okay? Out of you know, infinity. You should take a little break. And then, you, and then you, okay, you, you remove the, the thought of having to meditate from your mind, and then you're no longer tired and you pick up your favorite book, you read it. 
you you watch your favorite show or whatever, and the 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 the, the fatigue is gone. Okay, what is governing you? What gave you the power, all of a sudden, to be to be to be awake, to to read the book, to watch that, or to go out with your friends to have a cup of latte at, at Starbucks? Okay, what gave you that power? Desire. So it's time to make desire your best friend. Because it is the power you need from the beginning. It's the diet, it is the power that you will associate yourself with, and it's the power that you will end up with. Okay. What is an involved an, uh, uh, a being who is evolved or somewhere closer to you know in the in on the spiritual path? What is an advanced being? They have a desire to do something and able to manifest it right away or sooner than we, we would. Okay? That's what makes them powerful beings, being able to manifest their desires, their wishes. Like Tong Len, for example. In the very beginning, it's just an imagination. It's just, a, it's just, a, it's just an imagery exercise. You're not really taking the uh, sufferings of being. You're not really giving away your happiness. But when you become advanced, that wishing becomes actual and manifest. Either, and depending on your, your stage, your, uh, how advanced you are, you're able to make it manifest as you're doing it. Okay? And you've heard about you know, yogis who have been meditating in the cave and they hear about such and such a thing is happening in town and they do Tongle meditation and the thing is gone. Okay? Like uh, one of the Dai, a few of the Dalai Lamas did that. At times, Certain areas of Tibet were, were in danger of a certain plague, and the Lama found out, and he go into meditation, he did Tonglen, and then the plague is gone. Okay? And what is it? He wished for the plague to be gone. Or they wish for, the, for whatever they wanted that to happen, and it happened. So, what is that connected to? Desire. Okay? So, that's the power. Right now, it's like a. a it's like a, imagine yourself to be like a, a powerful being who's just born, who's just now a baby, but you're still powerful. Like a powerful, like a, the, the, uh, a prince, a powerful prince. What do you call a, the, the, uh, the, someone who's going to inherit a, a, an empire? Yeah. Just an heir? Like, like the, 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 the daughter or son of, of an emperor. What do you call that? I mean, the son or daughter of a king is, you know, or a prince or a princess. Yeah. Hair apparent? Something like that. Okay, hair apparent. Which is that? <laughs> okay? You have this empire that you're going to rule and there's no doubt, there's no dis- dis- dispute whether or not you, 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 you know, it's yours. Okay? And as a child, even though you, you, you're not directly uh, ruling this and that, but you still have power. You can still, do, you can still make things happen even though as a, as a, as a child. So, you're like that with desire you have this powerful this means of manifesting things and unfortunately all you're doing with it is creating this thing called samsara out of it okay and we keep doing it okay because we are very we are quite expert at you know making ourselves miserable okay we are expert at creating pain okay and now we, we, we are realizing that wait a minute this pain I'm creating it I'm making it. I have the power. It's through my own power. Now take that power and make nirvana out of it. Okay, that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we call being spiritual. Okay. 
a sad bih vam je veliš tok well the short end of it is this you have to sense you have to practice so that you actually sense how would I put this your ability to make your wishes happen and this is through developing passion you must develop passion for the path okay if you don't have passion for the path if you don't have passion for your own evolution then you're just someone who's just you know, joined another religion okay and you might, you might as well have stayed in a religion that your parents brought you in Okay, the same results would have you would get the same results. Okay, maybe you go to heaven, maybe you go to hell. I don't know. <laughs> All right, but have passion. Then you can say definitely, I'm getting out of samsara. You need passion for it. Okay, and and I would and I would instead of, and I would even say you need to be obsessed with it. Okay. Hmm. Now in the meditation. You're meditating, you're supposed to see an image in your meditation, whatever meditation you're doing. It could be that or it could be something else. You're supposed to sense something or you're supposed to feel some, see something. Okay? How do you start exercising that passion? Start wishing it. In the meditation, start willing it. And do not will it with a question mark. Don't wish it with, you know, let me see gold. Like <laughs> being shy about it. Okay? Say, let me see gold. And expect to see gold. Okay? So whatever it is that you're meditating on, whatever it is that you're supposed to be holding on in your meditation, Whatever the next step you're supposed to be experiencing, wish it, will it, with complete confidence that your wishes will be obeyed. Okay? Now, what's the meditation we are going to do? The same thing. Okay? Use your breath to uh, focus your attention. And having found your, uh, your your attention, then use then uh, watch the mind, watch the awareness. Okay. And as you're doing this, of course, you will be experiencing our our wonderful friends called the distractions. Okay. And they, and you will start to feel sleepy. You will feel whatever. At those moments when you're not seeing what you want to see. Wish it with willpower. Start exercising it. Okay? And don't do it uh, expecting not to see it. Even though you don't see it. Okay? It's like you're convinced that there is there's water in the, in the kitchen and you're going to get yourself a glass of water. And you go over there fully confident that there will be water. 
Not, man, it might be water, there might be a faucet, I don't know. I don't know, it may, it, may, it, may, it may be filled with this and that. No, don't, have, don't let your mind go there. Okay? And of course your mind will go there. Just go, don't go there. And in the same way, when I ask you to hold on to whatever measure of conviction you have, find that and hold on to it. And say, I want to see gold. The color should be gold. And then just expect it. Like you are commending a, a, a I don't know, if 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 you people are, are bosses and you have uh, uh, people that you you are uh, what's called employees, if you have employees <laughs> that you order around, you, you don't order them around. Think, oh, will they do it? Will they not do it? Will they do it? You just expect it to be done. It may not be done, but when you say it, you, you expect it to be done. The same way, I want to see gold, and you expect gold to, to happen. Okay. All right. Okay, let's go. (laughs) So while you're settling into your posture, I'll give you one last thing to just to... uh, Ah, I forgot the expression. But to make the story, to make the uh, argument stick. When you become more experienced meditator and then you're experiencing states of mind that you actually wish to experience when when you're experiencing it, then to refine that state, you're supposed to develop psychic powers. That's the reason why the Buddha even though he, he said, stop displaying the, the psychic powers, in the same, in the same time, he uh, uh, advises his monks, his, his, uh, his followers to develop psychic powers. The purpose of developing psychic powers is to refine your concentration. Okay? To refine your, your ability to, to concentrate. And for every psychic power that you're going to exercise, no matter what it is, how does it begin? This is the formula. The first step of the formula. Wishing. <laughs> wishing to mul- wishing to be to make yourself multiply. Okay? Then you enter the meditation. And in the meditation you just wish it. And you and you and you and you wish yourself to be one hundred, you're one hundred. You wish yourself to be a thousand, you're a thousand. And you wish yourself to be one again, and you're one again. And how do you walk on water? How does, how does the formula begin? Wishing <laughs> to walk on water, you enter the meditation, and you look at water, and what do you say to the water? You are earth. And the water for you is earth. And you walk on it. So all the psychic powers, what are, what are they? There isn't really like, for earth, you do this mumbo-jumbo, you say the spell, you invoke this, this being, and then, you walk, and then you walk on earth. No, they're all the same way. Wishing, get into a meditation, in that meditation, you just wish it. How do you visit Brahma? You wish to visit Brahma, get into a meditation, while in a meditation, you say, I want to see Brahma. I want to see, I want to be in the, I'm in the presence of Brahma, and you're in the presence of Brahma. Okay? So, Yeah. <laughs>
So let's not be little kids. Make desire <laughs> your friend now. Okay? <laughs> Alright. So, again to your pastor. Legs, hands, shoulders, elbows, back, head and neck, eyes, mouth, teeth, tongue. Observe five breaths without controlling it in any way. Have in mind exactly what you're going to do in the meditation. As clear as you can. without questioning whether or not you have the ability or not. But with conviction, natural conviction, bring your thinking into your heart center. Looking to directly perceive the conventional mind, that space that holds all the thoughts and all the other mental elements.
bring your attention back to your breath. Wish almost willing that everyone everywhere be free of all their troubles. That everyone everywhere come to ultimate happiness. Dedicate the merits of your meditation to achieve the ultimate goal. Quick question for you. A mindfulness exercise. Where is the teacher now? No, it's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> Where is the teacher now? Held in the heart mind. I mean, ultimately, I mean, during this meditation session. Well, uh, the question is, where did we leave the teacher? <laughs> In the preliminaries, what was the last thing we did with the teacher? Okay. Did we dissolve the teacher into our heart? Okay. That's, what, that's the question I was asking. <laughs> Not, you know, where the teacher ultimately. In this meditation, where, where would we leave the teacher? <laughs> so you're probably saying, you did a mistake, you forgot to dissolve the teacher into the heart. <laughs> so, go home with the teacher above your head. <laughs> and when you're in trouble, Turn to the teacher above your head. Okay? You said the teacher is melting like nectar. Oh, not, not, not the teacher wasn't melting. The teacher was sending nectar from, from the teacher's heart. Okay. <laughs> okay? Thank you. Good night.